The Spin-Off Podcast Network. At Zed, we're all about moving with the times. And now it's time to be part of the climate change solution and move on from fossil fuels. As a company providing fuel to people all over the country, we also know we have a real opportunity to lead that change. We're committed to keeping Aotearoa moving by providing the right energy for everyone. We believe that innovation in fuel and how it's used can make a huge difference to our planet. Find out more at z.co.nz. The Fold is brought to you by O-Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. No mai hoki mai kia the fold e mihi nei ko Duncan Grieve tokuingoa. My guest this week is Sean Plunkett, who I mean I think maybe he was surprised to, to be asked. He's someone I've known for quite some time. He's a broadcaster. He has that you know for most of his career been like a, a megawatt star of New Zealand's media. Was host of Morning Report on Radio New Zealand for thirteen years. Been a political reporter for three, been a host of Fair Go on twenty twenty, long time um, host of a show on on Radio Live slash Magic Talk. So this is is someone who has, for most of his career, been very a very prominent um, and honestly not particularly necessarily divisive figure in New Zealand media. However, over the past few years. He has essentially remained static while the sort of the motion of New Zealand uh, has, has, has kind of left him stranded somewhat. And that, that has kind of prompted a series of flashpoints. You know, he was briefly appointed to the BSA and then uh, no longer on the BSA. He was a Magic Talk host. He had a, his first ever BSA complaint of the, I think, more than 30 he's had against him upheld. And not long after, during that sort of period where Magic Talk had a bit of a bloodletting of some of its more kind of what you might call conservative or reactionary hosts, he he was one of those let go. And we, we, we touch on that. Basically, this is a person who had very prominent roles in our media and and until suddenly there wasn't really a space for him. And what he did in response to that was set up the platform.kiwi and the the name uh, is a sort of a nod at being deplatformed. It's a, you know, and that, that it feels like it's you know its underlying principle is that the acceptable realm of discussion will be broader there than what he considers it to be in in the rest of our media, and that's why you know you know on some level he he considers himself and he talks a lot about cancel culture. He considers himself. Cancelled. It was in part why I invited on him on the show because a I think he's he's a fascinating figure. You know, we there's there's a tendency by by some to say that we should don't give oxygen to pe- people like Sean. I personally don't think that's the approach, and and neither does he, to be honest. But there's this. I thought it would kind of prove his point in a way to 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 sort of ignore him, and I'd rather sort of get get a sense of what he's trying to do. And honestly, I was. Pleasantly surprised by the vision of the platform that he put out there. Now, it's one thing in the abstract to talk about what you intend to do and quite another when the talkback boards are lighting up, if indeed they do. We talk about the, the challenges that he'll have building an audience because the platform 
is talkback radio, but he doesn't have any radio frequencies. He's building an app. Um, he's building a website. He's building studios around the country, and he's got some really big names. He'll be doing the morning show, but then there'll be Michael Laws, then there'll be Leanne Malcolm, then there'll be Martin Devlin. These were, you know, for most of the last 20 years, like Sean, very big stars within our media who are now no longer that. And so they were sort of available to him, but they've got to be paid. He has two producers on his show. There'll be multiple producers. He says he has a staff of 15 to 20 plus the construction, plus the infrastructure set up, plus the technology. You know, there's no way you're getting out from under this for more than a couple of million dollars because he says he's got a couple years runway with this. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We, we talk about his exit from Magic Talk. We talk about the way that the media landscape has changed. We talk about what it is he feels constrained from saying and why it is that people like him uh, have less of a home than they used to. I think it's it's a pretty robust discussion. I think it's happened in good faith. So uh, have a listen, see what you think. I should now, <laughs> very ironically, thank Vodafone for, for uh, sponsoring the fold and making it happen. They have world-class ne network technology that the spin-off runs on, and I really, uh, really appreciate them uh, you know, helping us put this show together. The reason it's ironic is that Sean claims on the show that Vodafone were the reason that he was taken off air. I haven't seen anything to substantiate that, but that's a perspective he puts across. This is Sean Plunkett talking about the platform on the fold. Kia Sean, and welcome to The Fold. Uh, nice to be here. Thank you for the invitation, Duncan. No, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to chat with you. I, I wondered to, if you could start by tell me what, it, what the platform is and who it's for. Uh, the platform, I guess the market will decide who it's for, but it's for what I perceive to be a large number of New Zealanders who feel disconnected from news media at present and disconnected... <laughs> from discussion about what is happening in the country and where the country is heading. And they are turning off, and we can look at the numbers and say, they are turning off traditional mainstream media in huge numbers. And the spin-off itself was a response to that trend in a different part of the market than I'm looking. Uh, the platform is going to be a digital media entity that delivers uh, three mainstreams, a talkback, live talkback radio product for 12 hours a day, podcasts, which are highlights from that, and other material, most of it generated by the platform and its staff, but also aggregating uh, podcasts and content from other groups and people who might not get a crack in mainstream media, who might not be considered commercial or indeed fashionable in the current environment. Um, and the idea is that we can aggregate them on the platform and give our audience or expose our audience to them and their ideas. And the third strand is what we are calling the working title as opinion, and that will be columnists and writers talking about New Zealand um, and making observations about New Zealand. And once again, columnists who might not get in current mainstream media the sort of exposure, and I would argue that their experience, uh, expert and expertise 
deserves. So those three strands are talkback, podcast, and opinion. Uh, all delivered on a digital platform. We will have an app, um, and that's almost finished. So we don't have to rely on Rover or iHeartRadio or indeed um, Spotify or any other. And when it, really when I looked to build it, I said we need to be self-contained um, and we need to be robust in terms of resisting possible takedown or resisting those who would seek to take us off here. So it sounds like in some ways that you're, you are preemptively... You know, you understand both the local and the global market in which you operate as, as one in which there are lines being drawn. Obviously, we saw um, the sort of the Neil Young versus uh, Joe Rogan thing through, through Spotify. Joe Rogan, Neil Young, Jody Mitchell, all welcome on the platform. <laughs> so what motivated you, you to do this? Because it's, it's one thing to feel like the environment isn't as welcoming of these kind of opinions. Uh, it's quite another to spend months and no doubt like a very significant sum of money, actually making this thing happen? Look, I guess really strange if I go back to, say, December of 2020, and people, I was doing the Magic Talk gig, and people said, what do you think is going to happen to you next year? And I said, I think they're going to take me out and shoot me. I'd given myself until April. But you could feel the cultural wind blowing and changing, the banks thing came up, which I had nothing to do with. And in fact, I had warned MediaWorks having air-checked Banksy when I was up in Auckland at the start of the year that they needed that he was not comfortable and there was trouble coming and got told to stay in my lane. So in some ways, I was prepared for the rather unusual uh, series of events that befell me at Magic. And Duncan, I had been thinking for some time that I've, uh, been lucky in my career to mostly be in employment in media and broadcasting, but that to stay in the swim, I was probably going to need to do something that took what I did to the next level and, and if you like, run my own shop. And I also think I was lucky enough at that time to recognise largely through connecting with the talkback audience and through social media that there was a market for an organisation that did things differently. So it's interesting. You, you talk about air-checking Banksy, and um, I assume that, you know, like, like that's not a phrase I've heard before, but you sort of intuitively know what it means. Like, uh, do, do you mean that the things that he was saying and, you know, eventually what, what got him tossed were, were a sort of, were kind of beyond the pale? And, like, and, and I feel like... No, no, it wasn't no beyond the pale. I actually had a conversation with him as we crossed over. It was a Monday morning, I think, as we crossed over from his show ending at midday and me starting at, at midday. And I said, how are you going, Banksy? And I've known Banks since, what, the mid-'80s. And he said, this is a lot more difficult. It's a lot harder to get the calls. It seems faster because talkback and the nature of media engagement has changed. And I got the feeling he was uncomfortable. Right. Um, so it's less about, it was more about his preparedness than, than the content of the yeah. show. So, I mean. Yeah. And look, look, I, I don't, if I had done, John should have dumped that call or he should, he should have come in and ameliorated the comment. That's what I mean. I guess, so with yeah. the platform, you know, I, I sort of understand the, the, the sense that the, 
the Overton window for acceptable discourse has moved, and you're, you know, in part, this is a response to saying you're, you're uncomfortable with that. But is there is there a line? Like, is this going to be full? You know, the, the one extreme you have eight chan kind of absolute chaos, and another you might, you know, you have the kind of strictures that you're uncomfortable with. What what is the line for you? Like, and and that call is quite a good example. So you think that 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 which I think most people, you know regardless of your political persuasion, would feel like the call that, that Banks let through and his response to it was, was just pretty unadulterated racism. Like, and I think, I think you could have let that call happen, but in the sense of the debate, chopped the person into tiny little pieces um, and actually made an entertaining call out of it. And, you know, I have uh, used a phrase, uh, time for a cup of tea and a lie down, you need to take the listener and the caller to the point where everyone thinks they need a cup of tea and a lie-down, and that guy was the classic example of that. I think John, because he was pressured, A, I think he literally wasn't listening hard enough to know what the person was saying, and who knows if he was coming up to a commercial break or something else was happening, but having figured out what was happening, he either should have dumped the call or engaged that caller and bested him. Engage the racists and best them in debate rather than kick them to the curb and chop their heads off. It is about the debate. It is about the battle of ideas. Right. So if you say what the boundaries are, I've written an internal code of conduct for everyone who works at the platform, and it says we are going to work in an environment where you will encounter people whose views are markedly different than your personal views, and you may find them offensive, and essentially I'm saying to people, do not respond with offence, respond with engagement, but never accept racism, incitement to violence, or to be, th- frank, gross stupidity. So there'd be people who would say, you know, there was a, uh, there was a BSA complaint against you upheld. Uh, yeah. Uh, Only uh, one in 38 years. Duncan, I, I was going to say, because uh, I, I went through the BSA complaints, so I searched your name, and you're, you're not short of complaints, but there, there is the, the only one upheld. You know, there'll be a lot of people, and certainly that's what the BSA said, that that interview that, that you conducted regarding the, um, the roadblocks where you sort of asked why a yeah. similar level of um, you know, uh, effort did not go into something that was essentially entirely unrelated to the subject at hand. Yeah. Uh, do, do you sort of regret that? Do, do you accept that, you know, whether it's the BSA's finding or, the, or that kind of broad social sense? Well, like- I regret that Bill Hastings um, launched a witch hunt against me. Uh, I regret that I worked in an industry where I wasn't represented in that hearing because the complaint wasn't against me. It was against MediaWorks. I regret the fact that for the first time in its history, the BSA engaged an academic at Victoria University to pass judgment on me and that half of the report he gave to them had to be redacted at the assistance of MediaWorks because it was basically a rave about how he didn't like Sean Plunkett. But I, I can regret all that, but I had no control over it. Sure, but, that, but I wasn't asking about that so much as I was about the exchange itself you know, is that the kind of discourse, or or do you? Because what you're, what you're, the substance of what you're saying, you know, prior to this about robust debate and about if mm. someone says something terrible, then you intellectually mm. chop them into pieces. Mm. That feels slightly slightly different to that. I guess I'm just trying to pass where the emphasis will be because it's quite easy in the abstract. Well, to, well, no one else at the time, Duncan, if you remember, was writing stories or asking questions about roadblocks. 
I did it in response to calls largely from Māori in the Bay of Plenty who were trying to go to their jobs, uh, often in primary sectors, and were being stopped by groups of people who claimed to have an authority over them and demand for documentation that was not official. And it was an issue. And I think if you look at what has played out in the two years since I was well ahead of the story. Yeah, I mean, and like I, I don't want to sort of get too bogged down in this because I think there's a, mm. there's a lot to talk about. I guess it's more about yeah. Yeah. The, the, the drawing the line from there to child abuse rather than stra- staying disciplined and on the issue of... Yeah. But that wasn't, at the end of the day, uh, what the finding was against MediaWorks. Right. Um, that was just pretty much part at the time of a... And I'll say a, a cultural battle that was going on, which was about minimalising the opinions of talk radio audiences and taking out people who certain groups didn't agree with their views or felt that they weren't with the narrative. And that basically sort of is the the foundation stone on which the, the platform is going to be built. Well, it was one of the it was one of the instances. Well, well. I, I didn't end at Magic Talk because of that decision. I don't know why Magic Talk let me go as I was outrating the competition. It was never explained to me. How, how did it end? Let's talk about that because cause you sound well, almost I, look, mystified. I have because of those, those, and I never asked for it, but, you know, you've got to get a deal cut. There are some matters of confidentiality uh, uh, about how things ended. Uh, almost a year ago, I'm... I thought I was meeting someone for a beer. Who were you but meeting? I'll give you the. Uh, I walk into an office and I'm told that Vodafone has pulled all its, or is going to pull all its advertising from MediaWorks. And I look at this person and I say, well, why tell me I'm not in sales and they don't advertise on Magic Talk? And then I get, you're too hot to handle, don't come back on uh, after the long weekend. We'll pay you for the rest of the year, but just don't come back. So you got paid out for the rest of the year in, what was this, no, February? No, I, I can't talk about what ended up. But I said, is this in writing? Whose decision was it? Can't tell you. Why am I too hot to handle? Can't tell you. But that was it. And once you're in an employment situation and someone does that to you with no explanation, you're going to end up, you know, it is not, well, put it this way, it's unlikely that you're going to stay in employment with them. That's true. That's very true. So, And, and I'll be honest, so my speculation is, and I've said it and, and Vodafone have denied it, that Vodafone lent on Cam Wallace and said, we want, we've got, and, you know, I think, I'm not sure if anyone at the spin-off wrote it, said, oh, we've got Banks, who's next? I certainly didn't. I mean, I, I think I was the main no, one. No, I don't think you wrote it, but a few other people did, and certainly on social media. So, you know, I got caught in the maelstrom. It's a bumpy old world. And in the end of the day, it probably gave me the kick up the ass that I needed to get on with what I'm doing. Absolutely, absolutely. Tell me about the rest of the lineup and... What is and, and you know the columnist, the the other identities involved, and what is the kind of the thing about them that that uh, brought them together that makes you confident that this big okay. big swing? Anyone who's been following my social media already knows this. I know, unlike um, other people in the media, I'm not doing huge billboards and putting out self-important press releases about how wonderful people are, because this is digital and the news spreads virally through social media and other things. So I'll be doing breakfast. So back on the tools and back getting up at Oh God Hundred. Have you got have you got a producer to, to work with yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A couple actually. Um, but it will not be I'm not trying to be morning report and I'm not trying to be Mike Hoskin. 
and we will take and genuinely engage our audience before nine o'clock. So the talkback line will be open before nine o'clock. Mm. Uh, and I'm not trying to cover e- everything. I'm trying to say what is the most important and entertaining thing in the morning. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a journal of record and I don't need to be. Um, one thing I am working commercial modeling, it's really interesting if you watch the radio audiences. So Mike Hosking is, you know, um, rating his memory glands off. And you just see the last couple of quarters, uh, morning report dipped and people coming across. I don't think those people are going to ZB because ZB is their first choice. I think they're going there because in their perception at the moment, ZB is their only choice. So you think that's become the sort of the last commercial talk entity that entertains yeah. a, a difference from the sort well, of liberal well, I'd orthodoxy? I'd say if you, I was looking at philosophy, I think ZB, and I've worked for them for a bit, are pretty focused on what they do and they do it pretty well. I mean, Magic, magic Talk essentially collapsed after my and Peter's departure. You looked at the ratings. We were going up, just flattened, and they destroyed the brand. And, and now they've spent a shitload of money on Today FM. What, what's your, you know, just as a quick aside, what's your sense of that, that line-up and its prospects of succeeding against the sort of the twin towers of Morning Report and the Mike Costner breakfast, to me, et cetera? Here are some, some observations. It looks to me like they're trying to do news talks they'd be light. I don't think there's a market for that. I think talk radio is a different beast. Um, I have respect for Tover O'Brien as a journalist. I'm disappointed. I thought her restrained to trade decision was wrong. But I think... Tover engaging through the radio medium, it is a lot different sitting in a studio for three hours in the morning with rolling news than producing a item for the six o'clock news and walking in front of a green screen. But you managed to do both, you know? Like, like, like people have tra- tra- traversed these, these yeah, mediums. And, and look, she probably will because she's a talented person. And, and what was the other thing? Today, FM came out, I think it was my old mate Dallas Gurney, said, we're going to make a safe space for advertisers. And I thought, well, that sounds like a boring space for your audience. Um, and they are still working. Look, everywhere I've worked in commercial uh, broadcasting, Duncan, alas, has ended up being a sales department with a media operation attached. And the platform wants to be the other way around. So I want to talk about the business model of, of the platform, but um, we'll, we'll do that after the break. But just before we go there, can, can you just sort of fill out the rest of the lineup? And, and again, okay, what's that animating so, um, spirit? And, and look, full, full announcements and self-serving PR releases are yet to come. Um, Michael Laws will do 9 to 12. Uh, Leanne Malcolm will do 12 to 3. And I am lucky enough and happy enough and very happy to have secured uh, Mr. Martin Devlin to be my drive host from three to six. So that's quite a line. Like if I think about, uh, you know, 10 years ago, say, Sean Plunkett, Mm -hmm. Michael Laws, Leanne Malcolm, Martin Devlin, these are megawatt stars of of our media. And, you know, there, there is... You know, I was I was talking to a friend and you know who works in the media. I said I was interviewing you, who said that you know that they had considered covering the platform, but they just didn't want to give it oxygen, which I'm sure you would consider sort of part of the problem of this era. But I'm just Excellent. You know, to, to me, I'm like these these are very big names in any other you know industry or moment that you know that you would have had to pay you know probably a seven figure sum to secure all that talent uh, for for that period yeah. of time. 
and yet all have become have have in some ways had whether it's incidents not not necessarily Leanne um, you know but certainly Martin had a very well publicised uh, split from NZME. Um, you know, you, did you have any concerns about? Him, uh, you know, because there were two strands of that. One is a, an, an alleged attempted physical assault, and one is a pattern of harassing colleagues. Again, allegedly. Well, uh, I, I saw no proof and no claim substantiated that he had a pattern of harassing colleagues. If, if, if it were substantiated, would that be disqualifying? Well, it wasn't substantiated, was it? And I think it's really important that we don't um, smear people by allegation. I talked to um, Martin before all that went down. Have you well, talked to him about it subsequently? Things were relatively smooth and at NZB, and he said, I'm happy. Um, I just think he's one of the most talented sports talk broadcasters. I think he is the most talented sports talk broadcaster in the country. Have you talked to him and about the, the, the allegations and the exit, and, and has, he, has he given his version of events? Is that... I, haven't needed, I haven't needed to because I haven't seen him, um, I haven't seen him um, convicted of any crime. All I've seen is basically sort of gutter snipe journalism from people like Alison Moore try to in, trying to imply certain things. So I've got no problems uh, with Martin at all. And, and then you've got a, a range of columnists as well. Mm-hmm. Who have you got? And those, I am not employing people as columnists to write for me. Once again, this is an aggregation right. model. Okay. So, so um, I'll tell you the first person I talked to about, indeed, this whole thing was Chris Trotter. So I'm going to take what Chris Trotter writes, what Bomber writes, what Don Brash writes, right? What Michael Bassett, who has been banned by the Herald from ever being published on NZME again, I'm going to take what he writes. And if it fits, and I'm not going to tell them what to write, they are going to, we are going to aggregate, the, our Carl Dufresne is in, we're going to aggregate their commentary on the platform, we'll link through to their sites. The problem is that those voices, all of those voices, and so many good writers and thinkers in New Zealand, have been pushed aside by the mainstream media players and they've all gone, and I guess this is the choice I made, do I go into my back bedroom in, in my, or my garage and set up a blog and have 20,000 followers or do I try and change the world and also provide a platform for all those other people who write good stuff but are not getting the critical mass to get punched through with it. And I look at that lineup, and you're you're right. These are people again. Another group of people, once very prominent in in different aspects of the media, now, mm. you know, far less so if they if they're mentioned mm. at all. All of them, older Pakeha people, largely men. You know, do you does you know that you talk about the platform and and its uh, desire? Well, my digital editor is a thirty year old <laughs> woman. So, called Annie O'Brien, why it's not relevant, I think, is gay. And to be honest, I looked over the staffing the other day and I've got two young women who I think are going to be fantastic broadcasters. And we're working, one of them is working on a couple of stories that will knock your socks off do you think, about do you popular think that, culture. Do you th- look forward to it. Do you, do you think that the, the media is sort of, you know, very, very recent, um, but but increasingly pronounced preoccupation with uh, diversity of identities in terms of its creators, particularly uh, sort of an ethnic diversity, which wasn't previously a, a hallmark of quote-unquote yeah. mainstream media. You know, do you, is that part of the thing that you're reacting against or, or do oh, you, you really. understand I mean, that? In terms of, of asking people to join the team, I'm not going to discriminate on 
the grounds of race, age or gender, and it's a meritocracy, and it's what's between people's ears, not their legs. All right, so we'll uh, take a very quick break, and then I'll come back, and I want to talk about the, the sort of business model and how you will sort of fund and run this thing, because it's, it's a very big and brave thing you're doing, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by that side of it too. The Fold is brought to you by O-Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa, with over 4,000 out-of-home advertising sites nationwide across both street furniture and retail centres. I'm super grateful to O-Media for enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. We're back with uh, Sean Plunkett to talk more about the platform. So this thing, you know, you talk about the names that you've, you've got, setting aside the aggregation model, which is a, a relatively cheap slash free way of, of um, setting up some online content, the, the actual the technology, paying the, the on-air personalities, mm. the producers, th- this is not a cheap enterprise. If you, if you're getting no, out of, it isn't. How, how are you funding both the... But I imagine I have spent less in my entire operation than, for example, MediaWorks has spent in a week on setting up Today FM. Today FM is a very costly exercise. It's a big swing. But this yeah. is a big swing too, especially for mm. you as an independent operator, as, as I understand it, sole mm. shareholder of it. How mm-hmm. are you funding it? And then what is the, the business model which will sustain it longer term? Well, I've raised uh, private equity, obviously. So private equity, but you're, you are still the shareholder. So is it is it yeah, debt that's convertible to equity? Is it a loan? Is it a, a uh, gift? Oh, well, to you know, those are that that stuff that I can't really share with you because that's the if you like the back end of the business. But I have enough money to get started. How, how long? How long's your runway? As they as they say in this business. Oh, if we haven't made it work in two years, but I think I got two years, and that gives me time to fine tune to see what's working and what's not. And I'll, I'll be honest, Duncan, it is because I have not, because I'm not a North American hedge fund, primarily this enterprise is not about the figures at the bottom of the paper. Other people are going to take care of that in time. As I said, I wanted to engineer this from the point of view of what it does as a media company, not what it does as a commercial enterprise. So it's product first, sort of sales yeah. or, or business model second. So obviously that that gives you, I mean, two years as a, you know, it's a it's a blessing. It's a long time um, in mm. in startup land, but you know, it's still the clock starts. Yeah, I'm sure it's already started in some respects. The clock so, started six months ago. Yeah. So what what is the 
current business model plan? Like, how will you, you know, without being hostage to advertisers who might, you know, yeah. in your view, be censorious? What, what will, how will you kind of sustain this longer term? Um, well, there are. Uh, I, I broadly identify four income streams for a digital media organisation that's doing talkback radio. Uh, traditional radio spots or program sponsorship, right, of day parts of programs. Um, though I've got to say, I do not want to have, I do not want to be by ZB where Mike Hoss, like ZB where Mike Hosting's got to talk at five hundred miles an hour and get, you know, fifteen ads in a half hour. I think that's a jarring turn-off for an audience that wants to engage with you. Um, we have digital advertising on the website and through the app, which is second stream of income. Uh, we have the ability, if we need to, to create sponsored content on the podcast. And, of course, we have, and I have been surprised looking into this, how big a part it may be, we have subscription. I want the app, I want the platform the, the talkback radio, the basics of the podcast and opinion to always be free. But we are in the process of developing, if you like, you know, uh, the back door of the nightclub where you get into the really cool space. <laughs> um, for instance, um, we can, when we get the subscription or the supporters club going, when you call the talkback station, it comes up on your phone number and you'll get, Answered, you'll get on here with priority to someone who's not a member. Uh, we'll allow, allow you to look at our archive. We'll give you um, deals on merch. And I really am playing with the idea, which I think is interesting. I do not want to create a platform where a whole lot of uh, nutters come on and make horrible comments and I've got to take them off, block them, etc. So we are thinking that our subscriber model might give you the ability to comment on the web and be part of the conversation. And that also makes it easier for us to moderate that. So there are the broad, there are the broad income streams I have, and it is question really, uh, and as I said, traditional advertising to me is a model that perverts often media organisations. One thing we're not getting money from, Duncan, unlike I presume this podcast... No, not this podcast, but is, I know what you're about to say. Is the taxpayer, right? No money from New Zealand on here, no money from the Journalism Fund. If you want to buy an ad for a public service ad, we'll take your money. But I, I in all good conscience, just couldn't do it. It's, just, it's interesting to me because I think it would be quite a, an interesting almost, you know, a thing for the Public Interest Journalism Fund or for New Zealand on air to have to wrestle with is, you know, what it would do were the platform to to approach it and come in with a proposal that well we won't to they don't need to worry we never will uh, okay so we'd that, rather that, run that, a that, business that can we'd rather run a business that can sustain itself without a state handout right which comes with strings attached and you can't look at me and tell me the money that the spin-off gets doesn't come with strings attached i mean the the the, the state in my experience procures journalism or content you know, like 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 it does any other service. You know, like it basically issues an RFP with a, a set of kind of guidelines about what it's looking for. A bunch of different competing providers. Do you, you know, have to recognise and promote the principles of the Treaty of Waitangi when you get New Zealand on your money? I mean, that, that yeah, you do. Well, that's 
That that is a an element. Honestly, it's it's not. I mean, it's obviously, an editorial the, compromise, Duncan. Well, it's not an editorial compromise if it's been baked into your institution for for years. But I understand how you might view that as a. Uh, I think the major problem is that most New Zealanders wouldn't know the principles of the Treaty of Waitangi if they tripped over them because they have been largely developed by intellectual and judicial and political elites. Well, that's um, no, and we I mean, need the, to have a talk about what they are. 180 years old. And we need old. to have a talk about what those principles are and how they affect real people in the real world. Now, if I'm taking money that tells me that I just accept them, I can't have that debate and I can't provide a platform for people to enter that debate. Well, I don't, well, I don't think that's necessarily true. One... You know, on a project, you you know that doesn't affect your entire operation. But two, you can debate the interpretation of the principles. The principles sort of are what they are. There's the you know the Tereo version and there's the English version. And so, what are the principles? Well, uh, How many are there? <laughs> you know, like this. This is not. Well, come on. What are the principles? I'm not in the claiming to be a treaty scholar here, Sean. <laughs> but I'm saying I, you I don't. But but in taking the money that the spin-off takes. You've said you accept them and you can't even frickin' tell me what they are. I think that there is a difference between, like, a broad acceptance of, of how they are uh, actioned within an organisation and society versus, like, I, I don't, I've never once felt constrained by, you know, in terms of what we, are, what we do at the spin-off because... Which is why you get the money, money, because your organisation editorially reflects a certain view and a certain part of society absolutely. which is in line That's absolutely correct. with those who are paying the money. And and, and it, it doesn't feel like a constraint to us, but I can understand how it could feel like a constraint yeah. Yeah. to and you. Look, it probably wouldn't feel like a constraint to me either, but it is principle. Yeah, and I understand that. I think that, that that's mm. that's... That's absolutely fair enough for you. So mm. are, are you, you know, you're going to flick the switch on this at some point in the next couple of months. Have you got a date? Well, look, we had supply chain problems literally with the technology. Um, I was meant to have all my radio broadcast gear here on the 12th of January, and most of it turned up except for a couple of bits, you need those including bits. something called the coaxial router, which apparently is quite important. <laughs> so we are soft launching the website and the app in the next, couple of months and we're populating that and in our own way beta testing how our systems work and I would hope to have to push go on the talk radio in mid-March and that is really literally down to pieces of gear that we've had to get from elsewhere in the world. Are you, how do you feel? Like are you, because the, one of the big reasons that radio re- retains its sort of reputation as the media's cockroach that just can't be killed is that it's the, the frequencies that are the moat. Uh, and you're going to flip the switch on something that won't have any, you know, it's talk radio, but it's not on I the radio. See, I see everyone, I, I hardly see anyone walking around with a transistor radio anymore. See a lot of people with phones. So, and you're, so, so there's no doubt in your mind that the switchboard will light up because that's the other thing. I mean, Dallas said you, you oh, know, yeah. even on these, no, no doubt whatsoever, very large audience shows, they struggle for you know for calls. Yeah, well, that's, I would like to think, in fact, and I know, and I know that Michael did this as well, and I know that Martin can, that we can drive calls and engagement, um, and a dedicated and a passionate audience will give you as much content as a huge disinterested audience that is listening to the safe space for the advertisers, right? Yeah. Um, I, um, 
I'd also say that looking at what 97% of New Zealanders now consume their news or media via the internet and 92% of that 97% do it through their phones. So how so will people The find other thing, it? of course, is that I don't think the BSA, has, the BSA, the Broadcasting Standards Authority, though they may try and change this, has any jurisdiction over me. So I was going to say that. So, you, you know, what is your view of, obviously, well, I think it's pretty much clear from that statement, but the Media Council, the BSA, the, those institutions, will you be opting into them or, or do you quite enjoy no. the fact that you're beyond, you might well be beyond Well, their we are. Reach. Join the resistance. We're outsiders. We're the new kids on the block. Um, I think the BSA, which I was on very briefly for until Action Station launched a sort of culture war to get me off, um, I think they're past their use by date. And I think they're politicised. I think the BSA is clearly politicised. Um, I'm not publishing a newspaper. Why would I go to the press council? If you don't know what we do, sue us. So, but I will be. And that doesn't mean I'm sitting out to be deliberately controversial or obnoxious. I'm gonna, you know, the principles of the platform are truth first, because we're all journalists, and that is, you know, it's the first pass of history. Respect for divergence of views, and a resistance to hatred, to racism and to those who do not want to engage in meaningful debate. I mean, I've always thought in New Zealand, how should every argument end in New Zealand? It should end with someone saying, whose round is it? Even if you haven't resolved your differences. So there, the, you, you, what you're hoping for is an underlying civility, even if you can disagree quite strongly. A robust engagement that recognises that the only way we move forward is to talk, not to cancel. And, look, it's really interesting. You mentioned earlier uh, Neil Young and, you know, what's happened on Spotify. I like Joe Rogan's response. I don't necessarily agree with a lot of what Joe Rogan says or what, what his guest says, but his natural instinct is to engage. What is Neil Young's, and it's, and it's so reflective of the liberal lovies, lovies on the left, it is to cancel. It is not to engage. It is to disengage. It is to push polarisation of views, not seek middle ground. Well, the, the, so that's interesting to me because how will you publicise the platform? How are you going to get people to, to find out about it? Well, it'll be digital and online. It'll be word of mouth. We'll buy a little bit of advertising, but we'll, we'll do good stuff and we'll put it out. But, Look, but, social media is remarkable, Duncan. Its ability to spread and change and good content to move and a few pushes. So, so social media so I was is to think a big part of it. The most viewed thing I've ever done, I did an interview for Magic with, um, with Jordan Peterson and I think we got three quarters of a million hits around the world because it was the right thing. Um, we've got a budget for advertising, but it's not huge. So social media will be we a big want part our of audience it. To, our audience will be the advertise, advertisement. It's just the, the thing that's interesting to me about that is because I, you know, like I'm, you know, obviously social media is a, is a big part of how our content and, and our brand is propagated too. But I'm, yeah. uh, you know, what you say about the incivility and the, the, um, the increasing polarizations of society. You know, I, I don't disagree with you there, but I think social media is a big driver of that. And it comes down to like mm. the, effectively the architecture of it. Like how, you know, if someone puts out a view that you might broadly agree with, at best, you might get a, a reaction to it. If you, it, 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 because, you know, comments are privileged over reactions, 
you know, uh, shares and, mm. you know, like, like the, the whole ecosystem relies on extreme reactions to uh, to and from. Like, well, I come down to it, it's more basic than that, Duncan. All the digital world is based on on or off. It's like or not like. It's binary code. And the very nature of discussion on seems to be binary. I think we can change that. I think we can have more nuanced conversations. I think humour is a huge part of that. And I'm not obsessed with the idea of being right all the time. I quite like it when I'm wrong. Um, and look, I'll be honest, I've, I've talked to my, I, I've had, you know, members of the team saying, what's the editorial policy? I said, make the best show you can and be honest, even if I might disagree with you. Um, so more debate is more interesting. And look, I don't know, I, I would like to change the world a little bit. I'm sure you would. Let's give it a crack. Well, that uh, seems like a pretty good place to end it. Uh, looking forward to, to, to watching it launch and, uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see how it goes. Um, thanks so much for coming on the show, Sean. Really appreciate it. No problem. That was The Fold with uh, Sean Plunkett talking about the platform.kiwi, which should be live any day now, at least in terms of its, uh, its first iteration. Um, so if you're curious, check it out. I want to thank Tiahe Butler for recording me today and uh, Jane Yee for running the Spinner Podcast Network, Vodafone for presenting, being the presenting partner of The Fold and the Spinoff members because without the Spinoff members, there's no other Spinoff. That's just a straight up fact. That was The Fold, brought to you by our partners at O-Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. Huge thanks to O-Media for sponsoring this episode of The Fold and enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Kia ora e te iwi, Te Butler here, Podcast Manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.